Okay, yeah. Tell me about your day so far. Um, basically just running errands. Like I said, I'm going abroad on the 8th or whenever, but um, I had to just pick up so many things for all these people that want like little things. My sister wants like like this paste to make like al pastor and like everyone has all these <laughs> like, hyper specific yeah, ingredient yeah, yeah. ask my sister's uh, a chef or ha- was a chef and so she's she's got all these like little weird things everyone had like all these like funny requests like that i'm coming to visit so i had to like grab all these like really random things like i said my sister's having a baby so she bought a baby monitor and she's like i just got one can you go to best buy and pick it up and i'm like <laughs> Yeah, of course. I have like no room in my suitcase anymore. Yeah, no, but, you're now just like a drug mule, but know, for drug electronics. Mule for and like, store like spices. Yeah, like fine spices, fine goop spices. level spices is goop, what you're bringing for over. Sure, yeah. Can you bring over paste into another country? I think so. I was really worried to be like a big jar, and I was gonna have to like check it in. But it's like it's not even paste. It's like this like powder but it's like a thick powder interesting it's not yeah i don't know i've never made alpa store so i can't really well i wish you the best through customs yeah i'm gonna have to like explain <laughs> that one and they're gonna be like yeah baby monitor powder yeah. and a baby monitor <laughs> could go a variety of I ways i definitely look like i fit the bill for both <laughs> i'm i'm already like thinking up my story of like why why you needed these things yeah i'm just like making a you're going to israel yeah i'm making alpa store tacos for my new baby it gets sketchier and sketchier yeah i know thank you <laughs> that's exactly what i'm like worried about the next couple days i'm like tsa is just gonna have a ball with me so you gotta go pre-check and I clear I keep forgetting to do that actually i i started the global pass or whatever global entry global entry i started that is that a troll to try and figure out like is that hard? It's a lot of questions. Okay, it's a lot of questions. I had to like input so much data, and by the time I was, I was so tired. A coworker of mine had like a new credit card. He, I worked at Thrillist, and he reviewed credit cards. So he just signed up for one that gets two of your friends like free global entry, and he Whoa. was like, "If you want it," and I was like, "Yeah, I guess." So I started the whole process. Yeah. And by the time it took, I'm the worst. It took me like months to fill this out. (laughs) Something that could have taken me like 20 minutes. No, maybe an an hour. But I finished. And by the time I finished it months later, I stopped working there. Our relationship kind of fizzled out. And then I was stuck like, well, I could pay. It's like a hundred bucks. It's not like Yeah, it's not like crazy. But being like free, obviously like better. But then I, the like last step is you have to go to like an airport and get like interviewed by whoever there and i was living in new york and to go to jfk oh no i just for an errand that's a real commitment it's a real commitment i gave up <laughs> i just gave up <laughs> it sounds like my writing process is i yeah. get three quarters of the way through and it's just like a few more pages You're to like get the done. draft and then i'm like no no yeah. nah, fuck it <laughs> yeah that's that's me I'm trying. I, I like see these people with the clear and all that stuff. And I'm like, maybe this time. And then I just wait in lines. I'm really good at just like not doing the thing and just like sucking it up later. Yeah. Just being, going into like a Zen line mode. Yeah. Just being like, you deserve this. So just suck it up. Like <laughs> This is your punishment. This is your punishment. Over and over. And I fly abroad a lot. I was just, Yeah. So, I was going to say, you yeah. seem like an international I'm so bad traveler. About it. I'm also really bad about like points and like all this stuff. I... 
It's embarrassing. I'm so... I need to do it. I really need to do you it. You gotta get your point shit together. Well, my the guy that I was telling... My friend who writes about these things, he was, like, coaching me. He was like, get this card and do this, and then you sign up for that, and then you, like, loop it in with that. And I was like, okay, like, that seems, Damn. like, you know, easy and whatever, and I just... Never yeah, heard. I need point tax. I know your relationship know. is dissolved, but if you want to just link me and this person, right. that would be great. <laughs> he he flies everywhere for free. It's so obnoxious. <laughs> I'm like I'm like getting out well, I'm out of all my like credit card. Not oh, that I really congrats. had credit card debt, but I did have a card that got canceled and okay. so then that screwed me. And so now I'm on like a credit card. My Please. like Yeah, I'm like paying retribution with like a secured credit card but Mm -hmm. my goal is to just get like to a place of like jay-z credit limit oh yeah i'm like okay guys we've been on this like ride before but now i'm coming back bigger and better than ever yeah Yeah, i support that in a few years you'll just be like globe trotting yeah totally (laughs) first class only i will do it 2021 is my year that's good give yourself a my year resol- to 20- get mentally prepared my 2020 resolution is that in 2021 i'll get to it yeah you know? that's great yeah that well, sounds doable i'm i'm trying i had like a, a no resolution rule this year mm-hmm. so this is kind of still fitting because i it's for next year you know? yeah it's a pr- procrastination very me resolution a very me resolution i relate yeah. to that yeah Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Babe, a podcast where I do what I want and you guys listen to it and we all walk away feeling really good about it. Today with me is probably a guest you weren't expecting, (laughs) but he's here finally after about a year of anticipation. It's Oren Axe. Hello, hello. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. I was worried. I didn't know if it was like ox or axe, but I went with my gut and I think I pulled it it's off. It's good. You did well. I, okay. the, there's like no wrong way to go about it. It's okay. just a, it's a strange last name. Yeah, no, it's good. From a strange like last name person to another, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, growing up, I hated it. Now I love it. So it's kind of one of those like... It's a strong name. It works. Yeah. Like, as, like, kids around me couldn't appreciate it as a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. Those age the best, though, into adulthood. Yeah. Well, that was kind of like, um, I, I I moved to America when I was, like, seven. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I didn't speak English. Did you move from Israel? Yeah. So, I was born in L.A., and then I left when I was three, and then moved back when I was, like, seven or eight. Okay. But I, like, forgot English. And then when I came back, I was, like, this, like, kid who didn't speak English with a weird name and just trying to, like, fit in, you know? And kids would just call me like orange juice. <laughs> yeah. Instead of Oren, which is I can my, see that. my birth name. But um, over the years, I like hated my name because of that. And then when it came, when Instagram like came around, I don't know what I was thinking, but I just like took the power back and like made my Instagram that name. Like, orange oh my God. Juice. Yeah, it is that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. I just put the two of those I mean, together. There's, a, there's right a lot now. of overlap. Like my middle name is Jordan. So like my initials are like OJ, like orange mm-hmm. juice and whatever. And I love juice. It's like, so you're stepping into your orange juice truth. You're reclaiming it. Yeah. It yeah. felt really good too. It was like, and then, you know, at the time me and my friends were all picking our names. It was like, no one really had like established brands yet. It was like, just, you could still change names. And it was like every week I had like a different spelling of it because like the 
the real spelling that was taken. Mm-hmm. So it would be like really funny, whatever different variations. And we kind of ended my like tight group back in the day was like named it Oren like J O U S like Jou like mm-hmm. it was like Ajou sauce. It was like a little fake French. Yeah. So just having fun with it, you know. <laughs> It's like <laughs> just weird now and it's taken on its own life. And and know. it's like a very kind of orange or like warmer colors, I feel like, on your Instagram too. Yeah, I mean, after like Fire Festival, obviously with me coming up with that orange tile, I feel like a lot of people made me more of an orange guy than I already was. Mm-hmm. I like never really thought of the color. I was just like, yeah, it's like there. Yeah. And my name is that and my nickname, whatever, but I never really put it all together. Mm-hmm. And these days I just kind of like run with it. It's just funny to me. Yeah. Know? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Speaking of Firefest, for anyone that's like, I know this year has moved so fast. Like Firefest seems like it was... A million years ago. I mean, it's almost um, a year ago. Literally, it was like the documentaries came out January twenty fifth or eighteenth or something. Yeah, so it's we're coming up on like the one year anniversary yeah. of your like film debut, My viral debut. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel looking back on this year? This past year, you kind of ushered in the year of the scam. Yeah, you know, it's really funny that you say the year of the scam because I never really, um, we were just talking about how I don't really watch like movies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do, but um, a lot of people have hit me up since and were like, because I was involved in like, you know, obviously the, I was the designer behind it all. I wasn't the scammer. Mm Mm-hmm. But for any context for readers to refresh their memory, you were the designer that worked on the Jerry Media team to come up yes. with like the logo and then you ran helped run social media. I for- came up with the the strategy and the design and the branding and the the orange tile like campaign and strategy. For Firefest. For Firefest. Yeah. So um so yeah, it's been it's been interesting to be looped into like the scam world because mm-hmm. I didn't know it was a thing and then people started DMing me being like, hey, did you see this like other documentary or like, have you read this book or like heard this podcast about like scam scammers? And I'm like, you know, I don't really do like this isn't you don't identify. I don't usually like have scam things in my life. Yeah. So it was like a very funny conversation to have with people where it was. It was like something that I I was discovering with them, and then the whole like m- like serial killer world got looped into it. There's like all these documentaries and podcasts on like scammers and serial killers and like whatever. And I'm like, yeah, it's a I spectrum of like con artistry of just like shady people. Yeah, and I just like don't fall into that crowd. So no. I learned a lot. I learned a lot this year. A lot about that world. A lot about myself. A lot about a lot of things. Did you engage in that? culture then after like people brought it to your attention did you engage with any of the like scam like big scams of the year 
You know, it's funny because like, like media around those. There was. Um, I usually stay away from like negative things. I'm mm-hmm. a very like I like to like consume positive things. Yeah. Um, but there was one girl who went viral like at the same week as me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone has heard of Caroline Calloway. Oh yeah, this this readership is well oh really? You guys know her. Yeah. So I have a a, a standing <laughs> invite for her to come on the pod. So. Oh, I wish she, I would have known. She was we were ju- she was just in town or like up oh, two months ago. Whatever. Yeah. Um. So I don't know how I like ended up in a in a tagged photo or something by her. I, I have no idea how it all started, but basically me and her started DMing like the same week being like, Oh, Hey, you went viral and I went viral and like you, you're a scammer and I'm like involved with a, like scam adjacent a scam adjacent. Yeah. So all of a sudden we were like viral buddies and I didn't really know anything about her. And I was just watching like the internet, like tear her apart and being like, what is going on here? And just being like, like really confused in my world and then really confused about her world and then just like i don't know so so that was i think the closest it got and then i went to she invited me to dinner at her place and like like her famous thing is like yeah like salad salad on the floor floor. Mm -hmm. she was really nice like i know a lot of people like tear me apart probably for saying that i've like gotten hate dms for like being (laughs) for even just like talking to her it's really kind of sad just the internet's kind of mean but yeah she's nice i mean she's i get like what everyone i don't know i'm not gonna talk bad about her but um yeah i've i've i'm not in touch with her but she was in town and we got like coffee it was not, you know but that was like that was kind of the initial and like later because i'm pretty well aware of like the ins and outs of why people were calling her a scammer too course, which like of course later on it was not it's not a scam on par with it's not on par it's not a scam i don't think and it's not she's just um she's a whimsical lady that just doesn't really know what she's doing but lives her life in a public lives her life in like a public sphere but i will give her credit for handling this year very well yeah she has turned her situation into a very good situation Mm -hmm. whereas i kind of fumbled i was like very overwhelmed well so let's like do you mind walking through like the aftermath of the documentary or anything yeah of course how did you decide to get involved with it so i when i was quitting this pillow is really furry. I like mm-hmm. they're like two animals. I love it. I'm gonna just you. pet this pillow as we talk. <laughs> so I, when I was quitting Jerry Media, I knew I like was seeing on the calendar that they'd have all meet like ha- like meetings with execs of um to like discuss a documentary, and mm-hmm. we we kind of kind of said we would f- make a documentary the night the festival collapsed when we were already there. We yeah. like kind of. S- kind of had this thought months later i would see it on the calendar in the office and i wasn't getting an invite and i was like uh none of you did anything on this account how are you gonna make a meeting without me and as i kind of was heading out the door of like quitting i started to feel like they were really picking up steam on that and so when I left, um, I just disconnected from them. I was mm-hmm. like really grossed out by them. And then I read an article, I think on Billboard. 
like Billboard or Hollywood Reporter or something, whatever. And that article was mentioning that Hulu is working on another documentary that's also involved with like, um, but not involved with them. Like it yeah. was like an opposite, like an opposing documentary. And I, I just lost it. I was like, why, why does like this subject matter? Like, why is this relevant? Why are there two documentaries? I was just like, this is so stupid. People are so weird. <laughs> and and so I, I was like, you know what, though? Like, this is annoying. And I was also, like, struggling with my own career after, Like, I was freelancing, so it wasn't, like, glamorous. But I was, like, just getting annoyed as, a, like, a broke freelancer that two mega corporations are about to, like, make a ton of money off of my hard work. Mm-hmm. And I seriously worked... I've never worked harder in my life than on, From, on the campaign of fire. Yeah. Um, From, and, like, concept... Like, conception into like the, like, launch and, and the design everything. and everything. I would stay... I For six months, I didn't sleep. I just stayed in the office. Like, I would, like, sleep on the couch in our back office. Yeah. Your whole life was working on, like, launching everything. this festival that was supposed to be, yeah. like, well, Coachella on an island. Yeah, and then you know to, to get like the biggest. to find out your like clients a a, a a like a criminal is a horrible feeling. Like I yeah. felt like I was you know whatever. So Contr- had contributed to it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I took on a lot of guilt, but also like mad that I was kind of like, like taken for this ride, and like I worked so hard for it and whatever. So, um. So yeah, I re- I really kind of got mad seeing that there's another documentary, and again, like nobody in my office worked on this this account, so <laughs> it's a hundred percent me. And yeah. now there's two documentaries about my work, and I'm like, no one called me, no one no one's thrown me even a dollar about this. So I went on LinkedIn and I just hit up everybody that was mentioned in the article, every producer, every director. I hit up the the CEO of Billboard. I hit up everyone I could like find that was associated somehow and funny enough the only person who responded to me is actually the ceo of billboard Mm -hmm. which is like i would never assume that guy would be checking his linkedin but he everyone has a dark linkedin truth i respect uh, a person who is active on linkedin that is an underrated platform it really is that's when i've been down and out like between jobs or anything i turn to linkedin yeah and i always get something comes up yeah Yeah. it's really like um if you if you use it right i'm i'm a firm believer so i did and he he answered me within like 30 minutes i'm not even kidding amazing it was crazy and then he goes i'd like to get on a call with you and i was like uh okay like not really expecting that you know i was just kind of like Mm -hmm. venting earlier and so now i'm like i have a phone call with the ceo of billboard and i'm like uh what do i actually say and like he's on the line and he goes like 10 seconds in he's like thanks for taking this call i'd like to loop in the director or the producer i forget who it was and i'm like wow this is like escalating and the conversation really took off and then i'm like yeah i have everything i have like seriously you you're talking to to the festival like i'm the festival and so they were like drooling and then it just like was a really symbiotic relationship where they were looking to tell the story from um like a whistleblower stance and i was the whistleblower like Mm -hmm. i didn't want to be part of the netflix documentary because i felt like it was just dirty and they were like trying to like whitewash their actions um 
And in the time between quitting and that conversation on the phone, I went abroad for a few months. I was in Asia. And um, when I was in Malaysia, I was in Kuala Lumpur for a few weeks, just like trying to pretend like I live there. <laughs> and I started talking to this woman um, through a mutual friend the guy who actually got Fire Festival verified, this contact of mine, he had this like friend who was like a vice reporter, um, Gabrielle Bluestone. And then she was interested in talking to me about Fire. Um, she came, she told me she was interested in discussing it because she was writing a book about um, like the Russian election meddling and kind of like the power of social media and all these kind of like really interesting topics that I found um, relevant and really kind of um, something that I found to be more relevant than just talking about like models and bikinis in the Bahamas. You know, I, I thought there was a bigger situation that people weren't really thinking about with this whole fiasco. And so I would talk to her every day. I would step all night cause I was in Malaysia and like her time zone was off and I was like really giving her an all access pass to me. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I, like we would get so deep that she was like, I'm going to write this. I'm writing this book. I'd like to give you like two chapters. And I was like flattered, you know, whatever. Fast forward a few months, she ghosted me and I started feeling really weird. I was like, listen, I've given you a lot of information, a lot of like, um, text messages and whatever that I don't feel comfortable that now you have, and you're not talking to me anymore. You mm -hmm. haven't been like telling me what's going on, where you're putting this, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, sorry, sorry, like, I'm here, blah, blah, blah. But then it turns out that she's, she was like the, she was one of the producers of the Netflix documentary. No. So she, like, tricked me. Oh, my God. And then I was just really mad. I was just like, this documentary is just, like. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck that. Everybody involved is just trash. And I was like, definitely hitting up Hulu. So that's kind of the the beginning of it all and then you know they flew me out like a few days later like to to interview in new york and then like i didn't tell anybody why i was in new york i was so scared mm -hmm. i was like shaking when i was like talking to my like friends and i was like oh i'm just here for like fun <laughs> <laughs> um and i actually was like during my interview i was i was supposed to grab dinner with like two ex jerry media employees who quit before me even um and I was like three hours late to dinner. And when I got to them, I couldn't even tell them what I was doing. I was just like so nervous. I was like, they're going to tell Jerry Media people. Like, I just didn't trust anybody. Yeah. Even like close friends and like whatever. So, um, so that was kind of the lead up. Um, stressful. Stressful. And I, I interviewed. Quite like a solo stress journey. Yeah. And like no one really understood it. Like my family kind of. Like, I talked to them, and they'd be like, get over it. Like, you didn't do anything. And I'm like, okay, it's really easy to say that, but you're not letting me kind of be, like, feel the the feeling I'm feeling. Like, you're not letting me just be. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't talk to them so much because they just kind of dismissed it or would be like, just get over it, move on, get a job, do something else. Um, but I was shook, and it was like a year later, I was still, like, reeling. And, um, and so I interviewed in, like, August or something, and then... I moved abroad. I moved to Tel Aviv just to like change careers. I wanted to just paint. I was like, I'm stepping away from the computer. I'm going to be a painter. Yeah. And cause I illustrate. So I was like, I'm going to start learning how to like large scale paint my digital, like little Instagram size stuff. I wanted cool. to like do murals and like whatever. Yeah. 
Um, a fresh start. A fresh start. I had friends out there, but I, li- I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I just wanted to be by the beach. And then while I was there, um, in January, the documentary came out last January. Mm-hmm. And so it was from August to January, I just buried my head in the sand and like pretended like I don't, I didn't, I never existed in the US, you know? Yeah. And all of a sudden the internet like was, was like all over me and I like had no, I had, I thought honestly when I interviewed that nobody would watch the documentary. First of all, I was like, no one watches Hulu. Second of all, I was like, nobody was going to care about these documentaries. Like, nobody cared when it ha- when it collapsed. And so I was like, no one's going to care about two of these. But no one cared when it collapsed. What do you mean? Everyone cared, I feel like. Like, yeah, it was like but, an internet sensation. Yeah, only if you were in, like, Miami or New York. Or, like, if you were, like, really in the know. It was a very weird phenomenon. Like, no one... It wasn't as big as when the documentaries came out. Let's just put it that way. Like, like those reignited. Those really... A lot of people were like, I've never heard of this. And now I'm, like, fascinated. Yeah. Because I remember when Firefest was happening, um, someone had texted me and was like, you need to, like, check out this thread or sure. whatever on all this. And I, it took me a long time to, like, figure out what exactly was happening. Yeah. And then it was, like, funny. And I guess then it was just gone. You don't really think about it that much. It if you're really, totally disconnected from it. It really passed overnight. It was so weird. I really felt like it was like bigger. I, I came back on a Sunday night from it. Mm-hmm. I was, we were one of the last people off the island. And when I came in on Monday to work, I was like so scared that somebody died. It was like my <laughs> biggest fear. I was like coming in and I was like, going to do like a, I wanted like a debrief. I was like asking my CEO for like a debrief so we can like talk. I was still so like my head was in space. And he was just like, get over it. We lost a million dollars. Let's move on. You have new clients. Go to work. And I just was like ignored. And so it just felt like nothing happened. Yeah. And I was like, but everything just happened. Like I was like, this is a huge like fucking deal that this it, thing didn't work out and like was such a failure just for in terms of the company that you're working for it was to have biggest, something like that happen. Well, we didn't have any other clients. That yeah. was, I, I was, they hired me as the first designer cause I had like experience in bigger campaign stuff. So for me to take on that alone was, was it made sense for me to take that account, but there was nothing before that was like a campaign. Like everything they were hired to do beforehand was like post this meme for Burger King. Yeah. Like that's as big as it got. And so I basically carried the company for like six months until we got like real clients after. But um, I, I just, yeah, nobody cared. It seemed like the public didn't care. And that's why I was like, I don't know what to do with my like career now. I don't know how to like show a six month gap in my portfolio. Like there's, I can't show that whole project, you know? <laughs> so I've been working for six months and I can't, I have nothing to show. If I quit right now, I have nothing to show. Yeah. And so I had to stay. And then it was just like, like I said, when the documentaries came out, it was just this whole new wave of energy around it. And then the internet made it viral. And then people were like DMing me nonstop and all these like news agencies. And like, I just had no idea what was going on. And I was like on a different time zone. So I was like up all night, like trying to like just navigate, you know, I'm getting like a million DMs a day and I'm trying to like 
just talk to everybody and sort like what who's relevant and who's not and some brands want to work with me and i'm like broke and like i'm like a starving artist at this point i'm like oh my god brands <laughs> want to work with me in tel aviv like. i know but like certain people certain outlets wrote about me like um and i was also like about to go visit my friend in barcelona it was pre-planned there was no you know relation but the media picked up on it and were like, Fire Festival designer like uh, runs away and moves abroad. Like they just reworded Whoa. my whole life as yeah. like this like failure. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like <laughs> my whole life is like on the internet right now. And yeah. people are like, want to talk to me. Like strangers want to like, girls are like asking if I'm single and I've been like single like forever. And I was like, what is happening? Here? <laughs> yeah. But you got a lot of female attention. I even said on this podcast, I was like, he's so hot. was like talking with Jake Shears, Thank both you. like going off. Oh, yeah, I remember but that. like, that would be jarring. It was very flattering. That's that would be like the best part of what well, was crazy. I like really never experienced that attention. You know, I mean, going yeah. viral is a very interesting thing, especially like, Again, and people like you're not you're not because I've gone viral for like funny stuff that I've done, yeah. but I haven't gone viral for like when I didn't want to go viral. So yeah, I can I mean, imagine not, that that would be that would really throw me into a, a full psychosis. I was not probably. ready. I was not ready. And and I honestly I'm like I'm no one's ready for that. I feel like there's no way to prep yeah. for it. But like the last year I've been trying to like navigate my own freelance career now post and just being able to like leverage that or just the connections I've made because I've met some very interesting and very nice people since. Um, and it's still very hard. I'm still trying to figure that out because I don't really want to be working on social media. Mm -hmm. So it's a balancing act of like, a, it's like a blessing in disguise for sure. Yeah. But it's also like, now what? And a lot of people hand, like, I will again, give Caroline Calloway like credit because she's been writing a book since She's like about to publish it. And when when we went viral the same week, I had people reach out to me and say, you should write a book. And I was like, I don't have time. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm barely handling like emailing everybody back. Like, yeah. Um, it's not the thing to try and do if you're really not ready or wanting to do it. I kind of was into it. Once I thought about it, I was like, this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. And then because a lot of the things that actually went down weren't discussed in the documentaries. Like, there's a whole, whole nother, like, I could totally write a book and it'd be, you know, full of un unheard stories. But um, at the time, it seemed like a monumental feat. And I've never written more than, like, an essay at college. You yeah. Know? So I spoke with a bunch of, like, editors and publishing houses and, like, this, like, the Stephen Colbert show. And, like, they were, like, talk to us in a year. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how to write a book, like, I guess. <laughs> so I fumbled that one, too. Like, I could have published a book right now but whatever well, I, I still whatever. could I'm you just, still can and hindsight's like 2020 on that yeah i'm not like too bummed i'm like working on a bunch of cool stuff since so it's been it's been interesting i still don't know where this goes it's not over yet but mm -hmm. it's been like um it's definitely been a fun year yeah and obviously i'm here talking to you right now which is like one of my favorite things is like the people i've met mm -hmm. and like the micro relations that i've made like people that i'll probably never meet but are like dm me like still like daily yeah it's like weirdos not weirdos they're cool they're like people that just the the energy between us is like oh you're cool i'm cool like that's cool 
and let's just like stay in touch and we literally just dm each other every day now yeah it's so weird i don't know the best that's it. the best part about putting yourself out there like totally. having yourself out there is making connections with people yeah. but then there are really also bad parts to just like being out there. I mean, so much, so far, so good. People have been really nice. I've gotten like a few people that are like mean about it or like said some like nasty things. And I usually like, will talk it out with them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't think you get my role. I wasn't the guy who scammed everyone. And then I have to like work, walk them back. And then they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You're right. Like, ugh. and then we're like buddies. But, um, it's just been, it's been mostly good people. Yeah. And like, I met this guy who lives, he's like this good, he's like this really talented painter and he lives like next to where I live now, which is so random. And he's like a very successful painter. Now we're buddies. We hang out. I just moved back to LA in August. So it's good to have like new friends and he's like a really cool dude. Um, and you know, I'm like dating someone now that came through all this really yeah that's exciting so it's just like really small little bonuses to my life that i've just been very grateful for yeah um it was a shift that maybe needed to happen yeah that was like fortuitous in some ways yeah i feel like sometimes in my life i get pushed by life like mm-hmm. i have like this grant like i used to have a grand plan of staying in new york and just taking off my career you know And then after the whole fire thing, I like stayed for like six more months. Just I couldn't really afford to quit fire like after fire. Yeah. Um, So I stayed another six months and then my I had like this psychotic roommate and she got us evicted. No. And I had like 30 (laughs) days to look for an apartment. But I also wanted to quit my job. And I was like, my whole world was collapsing. And it just was like a perfect moment of like New York just was like, all right, you need to get out. Yeah. We're you're done here. You're done here. Your time is done. And it's, I've never looked back. Like I love New York. I would totally move back for the right circumstance, but it was just like that moment in time where the universe was like, go forth my son. Yeah. (laughs) And now I'm in LA. Like after, again, I moved back to, I tried to, to keep going back to Tel Aviv after going like after the docs came out, but it just didn't make sense. Cause then all the work was here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just, I couldn't find work out there even as like a painter or whatever. <laughs> um, you I mean, say it was hard to find work as like a painter. Yeah. Just, it's just hard to find, like, it's just hard to start from scratch in any city. Mm-hmm. And then to just be like, I have this new career also is, I don't know. So a lot of like things there, were great but didn't work long term and you know then the universe was like you need to get back to la and i haven't lived here in like 10 years i'm I'm, i was born and raised here but i haven't lived here in 10 years so the universe pushed me back here in august and i've been here since and i like i said earlier i think i'm staying yeah and like work's been good um i'm dating someone here now and everything's just like here and i was not expecting to live in la at all and so you know so things are just things are just happening. I don't know. And I'm just kind of like on this ride and I'm not even like, I'm not complaining, but I'm just like not in control and I'm totally loving it. Yeah. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's your relationship with like control? Do you have fear of the unknown or are you no, like a control? Very, you seem pretty like I'm actually very zen. much both. Yeah. I'm very much a control freak when it comes to like specifically like design stuff mm-hmm. or like, um, you have a vision. Yeah. Like I, I tried hiring recently some designers and I, I paid them a bunch of money and this is the first time that I hired a designer. Cause I like, I had enough work that I was like to like spread it. And then I realized that they're not, and they were very talented. I hired people that I found to be like award winning. And I was like very impressed by them that I was like, you know, I could let, I could give them, I, I don't have to like stand over them and just let them do their thing. And then it turned horrible <laughs> and my control freak stepped in and I like fired them and then had to do the whole project by myself. Yeah. So that was not, you know, that was me trying to let go Mm -hmm. and not being able to, or I don't know. They just really didn't do a good job. But when it comes to like other things, I'm very much like go with the flow. Like my girl, she like hates that about me because she like makes (laughs) lists and she plans. And I'm like, why? Like, we'll like just find a great restaurant. We don't have to like do research like two weeks before we show up somewhere like to, so it's like funny where I where I do control and where I don't control. Mm-hmm. But but career was always like a like a controlled thing for you or like the vision. I of had your a career. vision of where I'd like to be, but that changes too. Like in college, my vision as a graphic design student, I was like was so small to what I think of now. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think the possibilities were so big back in the day. And you know, my vision in school was like I'd love to design like. A shopping bag so when i'm at the mall i see everyone walking with it or like <laughs> you know and that was for me like such like a joy to see like my stuff in public and then i'd see it and then it'd get bigger and my vision got bigger and then you know like now i'm i i've seen myself in a movie so i'm like it just i feel really um inspired by my own like path that i didn't really control though Mm-hmm. Like my career has been kind like I've obviously applied to the jobs, but then the, the like thing that happens next, like was totally out of my control. Yeah. So I'm good at being able to just enjoy the ride and not being like, Oh my God, what have I done? Like, this is not according to my plan. And like, um, you find a way to like, to deal with it. That's not yeah. like a total, shut down like it's like going to tel aviv painting and just being like well now i'm gonna do this that's just it yeah yeah. i try to just be like the cards have been dealt let's just be as happy as possible about it like Mm i i'm very positive i've been through like even before all this i've been through a lot in my life yeah because i was gonna my next question was gonna be like have you gone through something like this before where it's like you've been just thrown a curveball like that i've i've had some curveballs like not in terms of uh career stuff per se but just like in life like i feel like your reaction comes from like a seasoned oh, yeah, experience yeah. of having this kind of I stuff. got shipped off to boarding school when I was like 15. Get out. I did too. Oh really? When I was 17. Was it a bad kid boarding school? Oh yeah, bad kid boarding school. Stop. Yeah. What school? I don't want to talk about it. Are you serious? <laughs> no. Oh my god. Wait. I truly didn't even know this. Cut the mic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So like those years were were very mentally draining as like a 15-year-old and I I remember just being like 
around a bunch of kids that like just couldn't handle it and yeah. just seeing all the people around me just like shut down or like you know kind of like take on a different personality of like what the like the school is kind of like pushing on them and i really was able to like find this like zen place inside to like stay me mm-hmm. like i was a 15 year old who like like before i even got shipped off i knew i wanted to be a graphic designer when yeah. i was like 15 i found that out and no one believed me they just thought i was like talking out of my ass like he wants to be an artist okay yeah um and so this whole time i was like i know who i am i know what i want these adults don't get me mm-hmm. and so i was able to kind of like wrap myself in like tin foil, not tin foil like this like safety blanket throughout this like two-year journey and just you know i call like fake it till you make it basically pretended like i was like totally you know going with what they were telling me to do just play the game play the game pretended like i was like a changed man and like i mean i i, I was like definitely like I've changed for sure through through that, but I think I'm still very much me and yeah. like the things that I wanted are still very much like what I want now. And it's always been like um what, what the ultimate thing that came out of that was my appreciation for my freedom, the freedom to just be able to like go and travel or like listen to music cuz I wasn't allowed to back then and mm-hmm. like um just little things in life. Like I take freedom very like seriously. And so now when I'm like, you know, when I move abroad or I travel a lot, I'm like, that for me is like my reset button. Yeah. I feel the same way. And I didn't, I, now that I've heard you talking about like appreciation for freedom and stuff, cause I have a lot of that too. And I really thought that it was just because I was, you know, a double Gemini or something. Oh, but then you? I was like, it probably has a lot to do with being sent away and living in one place for two years where yeah. you just like are completely cut off from the rest of the world yeah i definitely like i i swore to myself i mean this is like something i don't really do anymore but i swore to myself after i was like i'm gonna go to so many shows when i get out <laughs> i was like i'm gonna go to all the concerts yeah listen to all the music all the music oh god i would just like turn on uh, they called them like pop offs at my school. Okay. So uh, that was like a any band or music that you're not allowed to even speak about. And if you'd get in trouble right. for any readers that are listening, if a counselor hears you talking about a band right. that's considered a pop off, you get dishes. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. get like in a bunch of trouble. Yeah. I would just be at home and like driving around after I graduated and yep. just like blasting yep. music. Totally same. I towards the end there, I got like a home visit and I like snuck in a um, it's like an iPod shuffle or like something that's like so t- teeny tiny, mm-hmm. I, like like the little tiny in like, my, like square one. Yeah, I like stuck it in this like little secret pocket, and so I would be like under my covers in my room, just like listening to music for the like the last couple months that I was there, and and like. I only trusted like one other person to know that I had this because mm-hmm. it was like the end of my life. Oh, you, know? you would have gotten kicked out probably. Oh, no, I had to stay longer. Yeah. I had to stay longer because I got caught smoking weed there. <laughs> Wait, what school did you go to? Can you say the name of it? I guess. It got shut down actually. Mine did too. Oh, really? So Did was... you go to Carlbrook? No, I got sent to Mount Bachelor Academy. Oh, I went to Cascade. It, where's that? It was in Northern California. Cascade um, sounds familiar. I went to Oregon. Is yours part of the Sea 
school group? Um, that sounds really familiar. I think so. Maybe. Did it get shut down in like uh, 05 or 06? Or when did Yeah, it? I think so. Yeah. That's kind of when I was there, I think. Mine was, and I graduated in December of 2003 and January of 2004, one month after I graduated, it was done. I think, yeah, we were like around the same time. I got, it got shut down like a year or so after. Okay. Maybe less. Um, and that I was like a whole nother thing. If you want me to beep it out. It's fine. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that you're still scared. Of- I'm not scared. I just like, I know the internet now and I'm like, someone's oh, going to like yeah, Google I didn't this. Even think about that. Someone's going to Google this. Someone's going to like go deep into my They're like, life. he had a fucked up childhood. We knew it all along. I mean, I was just like a kid who like didn't go to school. Cause like, again, I knew what I wanted. So like as a 15 year old, to now be like, oh, you now have four more years of this stuff that doesn't matter because I'm going to go to art school. Mm-hmm. And so I was already, sh- I shut it off. I was just like, we're done here. Oh, so you were like, a, you like refused to go to school or? I used to go to like, so I used to go to school in uh, in the Valley um, and there was like this one bus that was like right in front of my school that ran down Ventura Boulevard, mm-hmm. which is like one straight line across the whole Valley. And I... I used to have like a carpool and they would just drop me off and I would like, you know, wave goodbye and like wait for them to leave and just U-turn before entering the doors and just like wait for the bus, take it to Universal Studios because I had a year pass (laughs) and I would just go to Universal Studios like all the time during school (laughs) and I would like come back before my carpool would pick me up and pretend like nothing happened and I had like friends who would just tell me like what the homework was and I just like would go to the movies or I would go into the city and like just like be a tourist like i just was like doing my own thing you know yeah. like i was just this kid you're like a little like, man like i've always been <laughs> just that way. being like on an adventure yeah and then i like <laughs> i like corrupted other kids to like come with me and like so i was always just um i just school was like i liked it i love learning i yeah. still would love to go back to get a second degree but it's just it was like a it was just not what I wanted, you know, like not this, the education that I found relevant. So I think it all ties together. Like it all, like my whole life has all had like one reoccurring theme of like, like being ambitious, being like free to do what you want and like, you know, just have fun, I think are like the three tenets of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I think like I don't know, like, fire has just been funny to me just because of, like, I've been able to navigate this moment just because I was able to navigate other moments in my life and just being, like, cool, calm, collected because we've been through bigger things. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Fire was pretty big. I can't tell which one. Yeah. I mean, that's such a... I'm, like, that's such a different feeling it must be to, like, care about something so much and work so hard and then have it be like un like your hard work and stuff is like unusable as well now it's really cool because like the documentaries kind of shed a new light on this so yeah it went from being this like untouchable thing mm-hmm. where like i'd be in meetings and certain people would be like don't don't talk about this like yeah if like an employee would bring me in to talk to their boss to like get me in, into a project, they'd be like, just show him everything else. Don't show him the fire thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's really good. Just don't show it to him. You know? And I'd, I'd be like ashamed or I'd be like, I don't know how to like spin this. 
I was like, even though I just did the like did design, it's not like the actual like. I'm not talking to investors. I'm not like defrauding investors. I'm just a graphic designer. Yeah. So I was like having to like walk this very fine line. But then the documentaries did the did the kind of like explanation for me, mm-hmm. or at least opened people's mind to there's more to the story. It's not just one person doing this whole thing. Yeah. So um, again, blessing in disguise because I didn't fortunate. have to like explain myself, and it's it's a really good way to to now be able to talk to anybody and then they get it even if they're not from like a marketing or design background they get it because they've they've heard about it they're seeing it they're like okay this thing's big you're part of it um obviously you're not in jail because you were a criminal so i can understand even on simple terms that your part was like you know obviously designed so it's been really good um again just for 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 clearing the air and now i'm able to like bring this to a meeting or even pitch it i sometimes will like i i just recently pitched um a music festival (laughs) reached out to me to like you know do a proposal for them um and i don't really do music festivals now like it's not like my thing that i keep doing Mm -hmm. i mean i wouldn't mind um but this one festival was like the the woman who brought me into the whole thing was and this is the funny switch is that she was trying to get me to show this like pitch deck to her boss, but she was like, talk about it. So now I'm getting those people who want, who are bringing me in through the door aren't trying to hide it anymore. They're trying to like have me like, you know, showcase it. Yeah. So it's a really nice feeling to like not have to hide it or lie about it or like feel slimy or be like, uh, like having to like put it like parentheses in my emails being like, I swear I didn't, I wasn't a criminal. Like trust yeah. me, you know, no, that's it. It was a blessing to like, have it come around like that. And like almost you got justice in the end. I feel like I got justice on many levels. I mean, even my past employer just being like, um, you know, there was like the whole fuck, fuck Jerry thing. And people kind of like had enough of hit of the way that my old employer operates. Like everything in that company was based off theft. Like Mm -hmm. I used to bring in lawyers and being like, we don't have lawyers, but our whole business model is based off of theft. Like memes are, I'm a graphic designer. Like for me, copyright and like IP is very serious. Like if anyone rips me off, I'm so mad. Like this is my like blood and like, you know, sweat and tears. So when my whole like company around me is based off of the opposite of that, I had a very hard time mentally switching to this, like everything is fair play. You just take it and don't think about it. Yeah. And how do you reconcile that? I mean, I was living in a bubble, like for a while, like working there was like the greatest job of my life. You know, like I got paid. It's exciting. They were, it's like, one of the biggest Instagram accounts for it was a the while. First, it was the fir- we were the first. Well, we called ourselves a social first agency, and that was, I think, a first as of its own. Mm-hmm. So it was a very exciting time to kind of be writing the rules of a new ad agency or whatever. Like I have two degrees: ones in graphic design and ones in advertising. I've never stepped foot in an ad agency after getting that degree. Mm-hmm. So Jerry Media making memes is as close as <laughs> as close <laughs> as it gets for my very expensive art school degree to like apply to making memes that were ad ads, you know, yeah. like these memes were like funny, but they have a purpose to sell mm-hmm. or whatever, convince you or 
get you to do something or go somewhere, whatever. But as a graphic designer, I found that interesting because I'm not a, I'm not a painter like I wish I was. Graphic design is a commercial art. The purpose is to sell. So you're not just painting for beauty. You're paint, you know, you're like creating with a purpose. So I found it really interesting that memes were almost kind of like an extension of like branding and kind of like there was like some thread that I found really interesting and we were kind of paving this whole new industry. Like meme marketing was was like our bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And so I I was really into it for a very long time. Um, but after the documentary, after the, the whole fire festival thing, I really felt dirty there. I was just like, this place is, is not what I remembered. And the people have changed. They went from being like, let's just do something great to like, let's just make money at all costs. Yeah. And so, and I don't fit that. Like my ideals don't fit that. Mm hmm. You know, I'm I'm all for making money, but I don't feel like making money on like in the like off other people's back. Yeah, I mean, and you don't need to do that is the thing. Right. There's I think no that there's that. a real like the people that I've known in my career in life that have modeled their careers as doing that have been people for the most part that they need to do it because they right. have, they don't have what I have, which is right. like, and what you have, which is a creative ability to like mm-hmm. generate and a vision and the original and talent. Right. And just like for me to steal from someone else would be, there's no honor in that. There's no honor. And I also would as feel, a creative, yeah, I would feel like a fraud. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Cause you on one hand are creating original work like I still illustrated on my own free time on my own page and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like at night I'm creating like original artwork, but during the day I'm stealing people's hard work. And so, yeah, there's a dissonance there. It like doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Or it kind of like is always at war with itself. Yeah. And I just like, I felt good leaving. And then when, after the documentaries, when the whole fuck, fuck Jerry thing happened, I was like, interesting, you know, finally like people on the internet are like, picking up on this people are like speaking up there's like power behind like the masses um first of all there was like it was very very beautiful how like gofundme accounts were made for all the people that were affected by it yeah um you know then there was the second wave of like you know the backlash against fuck jerry and then just all these different like elements of of like you said vindication like i'm not out there looking for like you know burn the place down obviously like those guys have children and families and all, everything so i don't want people to like suffer but i i'm definitely like happy that the world has woken up to just like how how things are operating and how memes are actually like not just it's not a joke i mean it it is but you're like but at whose expense sometimes you yeah know? and on especially like bigger accounts like that right that are for profit that are for profit yeah that are using these memes to like to get you to click on the link in bio and buy whatever it is they're selling is like what have they actually done to get you there like they're using everyone else around them's work to then get you to buy a product which is not that's not like a creative endeavor well the thing is like if your original artwork wasn't meant to sell anything 
and then it was repurposed to do so mm-hmm. that's that's where it, it's also wrong because the other person will never make a dime off of you you know so yeah there's a bunch of things and i and I, i'm i'm glad to be away from all that and i'm glad to like now i do meme marketing sometimes mm-hmm. but i i i call myself like an ethical social first agency now when i work with like my my clients and and i recently did a meme campaign it was like all original you know from the photo to the copy to like everything like i make sure that we're we're creating original work and and it's an art form of some sort it is i think that there's more art in memes than there is in just like advertising that you see day to day like yeah i mean right now especially visual stuff i see at bus stops or billboards i'm like who wrote this like this isn't even clever or funny yeah there's a lot of um talent and it's like funny to say this but it's real it's like the meme community is very witty and really witty and sees the world in such a different in like a different mm-hmm. way or can present it in the language that's used and it's just real and it's like the i mean obviously there's some really crazy stuff out there but like i love comedy like that's my favorite genre and that whole genre doesn't exist right now mm-hmm. like there's no comedy movies there's like there's like no dude where's my car you know like there's no like funny <laughs> like stuff right now pinnacle of comedy that's pinnacle but i Don't. love it everyone has <laughs> everyone has their pinnacle i i just find like stuff like that to like not exist and memes are the only place where you can get that like that just like uh, very it's low brow humor but you mm-hmm. like don't need to like be so like in depth about the humor like it doesn't need to be so like you know uh thought out and complicated whatever you just want like a quick laugh and whatever like um so i do find it interesting and so now that i'm working with these people i'm like trying to really respect them as artists and i i really try to get them the right budgets like from my clients and i try to show them respect like i I've had a lot of memers in the past hate me because I was affiliated with the Jerry Media guys who would come at me being like, why are your employers stealing my page, my hard work? And I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. I It's not my control. Like, But I, I'd like to work with you like for this other thing. And then they'd be like, like fuck off, you know? Yeah. And so now I, I work with them and it's like a whole different relationship. And like, uh, it's a very funny world that i'm like straddling with these guys like sometimes i i'll like meet up with them and i'm like you guys should do like a meme con like i pitch (laughs) them should be meme con meme con has to happen i'm like pitching them all these like ideas these guys like break my heart because they have so much like potential their pages are huge and they're like they don't do anything with it and i'm always like you guys you have to like do stuff and like like get yourself like out of your day jobs and like make this like you know successful whatever and they're like dude i can't tell anyone i do this like i I have like a real life like i have a a really good friend out here he lives in glendale i'm not gonna call him out but he's a pretty big meme page Uh uh-huh and he's an insurance agent and he like has a very steady like career and he just will not like make the shift and i'm like you could easily make the shift he just will not reveal himself he's very much like a professional in his career and won't even tell co-workers he has this page that is a fascinating subculture to me of the memers that have 
day jobs that is an insurance salesman. Oh my god! And like what their random day jobs are, but on the side they're memeing and making like serious money. Well, even the money's like not even. It's not even money for them. They're just like they love to just. They love to log. Yeah, yeah. They're just like. (laughs) I just respect them because they like don't really care about the money, and it's like they'll do it because it's like easy or people push them to do it but it's like it's really not about that and i i don't know i respect that yeah honorable meme meme makers they're very honorable i mean they're also very like misunderstood (laughs) (laughs) in life or like uh no i think in life yeah no online they're understood (laughs) i think that's their way that they communicate but i've met some of them who are very like shy and and like scared individuals or like they're just like very like this is a documentary not, that you could make I'm so i've become like this like liaison because they all know that i worked at fuck jerry but yeah i'm the like guy who was nice to them mm-hmm. and you're helping them it's so funny like i was um it sometimes takes being at a terrible job or being in a situation where you're getting totally taken advantage of Mm -hmm. creatively to then turn around and be able to like learn from that and make a situation where the people that you work with, like where you consciously go into relationships being like, I'm not going to do that to these people. Yeah. And I know because I know what it's been like to, to go through that. I think that's the way I look at it now. Like everything I do is through the lens of like what has been done to me that I didn't like. And if I hire someone, how do I respect them and show them like that? I truly appreciate their time and effort. Like I have an assistant now that helps me like very small stuff. Like I can't unfortunately like hire her full time yet. I would love to. She's just an angel. And uh, shout out Emily. (laughs) And she, like, even on the way over here, when I was telling you, like, I just launched this little, like, mini campaign thing for Australia, like, the fires and kind of raising awareness. I, um, one of the posts I put up, like, was flagged by Instagram as, like, not, now they have, like, fact checking, whatever. Oh, yeah, I keep seeing that. And it was, like, one post that is not even, this fact check thing like flagged this post that was fine but was like flagged for like something whatever i'm not the flag checking is insane because it only does it to me on memes where it's like a meme will be like it it's obviously not trying to present a fact exactly that's what it was and i was like so mad and so i'm in traffic i already I, i i posted the thing at home and then as I'm in traffic, like on my way over here, I realized that it was flagged and people were like, this is f- like fake news, fake news. But the whole idea was to post something very factual about the Australian fires. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, why Instagram? Are you doing this to me right now? So I text her and, you know, she's, I'm like, can you please find me a photo that's like real? And can you give me all the credit and find the photographer? And no, no, no. And she's like, I'm on it. And she's like, 10 seconds later, I'm like, you are the greatest person. I love you. Thank you so much. And I, I like, I have to tell her. I have to constantly be like like showing her appreciation because I've been in jobs where until you mess up, mm-hmm. you don't hear feedback. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if she cares to hear it, but I feel like I would like to tell people around me like you know, like positive feedback. Like I don't I can remember at Thrillist one time the like senior whatever guy on top of like my department would like for the whole 6 months I was there 
never liked anything I did or never said like positive stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I did this one illustration where there was like clouds. I just made like these like clouds, but they weren't like your typical like circular, whatever they were like just dashes, like lines. It was very like abstracted, but it's an illustration. So like you can do that. That's just how art works. (laughs) And this guy flagged it, got me in so much trouble, had my, the, my boss below him take me aside give me this whole spiel about how the audience doesn't understand that these these are clouds and i'm like this is just crazy like no one ever says thank you oren you've done such a great job here they're like your clouds are just shit and yeah I'm like, like this is a work environment this is a corporate work environment mm-hmm. I'm like that's really helpful yeah it's so, not gonna create like the best company culture there's nothing that i can cut co- like th- that you can i'm like okay so now my clouds are all gonna be just like clouds got it noted (laughs) so now you know like that's like little things that i i try to like do when i'm working with people and i'm trying to like make sure that the work is not even if it's so hard and annoying the people know that they're appreciated and their efforts are not for nothing yeah and like i want my clients to feel that way and my employees and like even just people i i just you know come in contact with professionally that work is not a way to like use people or abuse a situation. It's, it's just a a way to connect the dots and, and, you know, make something good. Mm -hmm. So there's like, yeah, like learning lessons, like a lot of like things that were kind of um, learning lessons from the whole fiasco and post doc going viral, et cetera, that I'm, I'm looking at the whole thing as like a lesson and kind of like a self-improvement time rather than like, oh my God, what what have I done? And kind of like, I'm never going to like, you know, work for anyone or do this or that. And kind of like fear and shut down and, and revert and whatever. Yeah. Um, which I know a few people that were involved who also were not like directly like scamming anyone, but mm-hmm. were like just in the line of fire and just went off the rails yeah and just have like not recovered well it's hard to do especially when you're i'm like now i feel like things are so public with internet and stuff and so if you get embroiled in something like that that's branded a scam and then it's like going Mm -hmm. viral it is hard to bounce back from or like yeah to really take be able to take a step back and like look at it from an overhead perspective and then be like what is this telling me about my life and like my choices and where can i improve and like you said where it becomes a challenge and that you have to overcome yeah i mean there's like certain people that um you know could take the scenario and just really run with it i feel like certain people that go viral like now i've been really fascinated one of my like biggest fascinations in this like last year are other people that go viral Mm -hmm. and like their whole story before, during and after. And there's just so many of these really interesting, like I just read one the other day about there's like a meme of like this girl. She's like a British girl who's like at a club and a dude is like talking in her ear and it like looks like he's like hitting on her and she's so like bored or like just like get away from me kind of like face. Um, and so like this article was, was it tracked her down and the guy 
and got the whole story and like it turns out they're just friends and they were just like talking in the club and it just was like a bad moment mm-hmm. and nothing to do he wasn't even hitting on her he's like a very good friend of hers but it was just like a hilarious story and then there's like another guy who's like meme is like him it's like this old man i'm sure you've seen it's like an old man um and he looks like he's crying but he's laughing he's like you know his name is like <laughs> yeah like, the guy the like stock photo guy yeah, stock that everyone guy. uses yeah there was a really good article about him and it's fascinating his whole life changed so drastically he's become like this like international star he's like <laughs> he's like in commercials and music videos and like billboards and 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 so many interesting like things and and his story he's like a 75 year old man that like his whole story was like he was like an electrician or something in this like small like eastern european town just living this like very simple life and and like a photographer asked him to to pose like in a few photos and he was even very like brutally honest in his interview saying you know like everyone has like a little like ego that wants to be stroked and so when yeah. the photographer was like do you want to be photographed and again he's like a 75 year old man he was like this is modeling opportunity yeah he was like this was it and he's not like f- like from la mm-hmm. <laughs> and he like did like a few stock photos and then the internet did its thing and now he's like a megastar and his wife hated it in the beginning was like so embarrassed and now she's like so proud and happy and like they live great and have money and blah 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 and there's all these different stories, like Salt Bay. Like, that guy is, like, so rich now. I know. He really exploded. He's, he's doing, re- like, I think he's probably the most successful meme that I can think of. He harnessed, but he was kind of successful before Salt Bay yeah. happened. He like, was, he, was he was a chef well. and I think doing all that, right? Or had restaurants. Yeah. He had, like, two restaurants, I think. But what, so but that took him over the edge. Well, I think the difference between him and, like, another, and me and, like, other people is that he had the infrastructure there that he could take now the the like attention and like alley-oop it into like a, a better scenario where I, as i was like at zero being like like drowning you know yeah. so i think i've been saying this like there needs to be like this like talent agency that just like finds people like when they're just going viral and just like saves them or like helps them like figure it out i mean my friends were joking about it and my friend was like okay so we'll like get this person in a room we're gonna like start questioning like okay so what do you like what do you want to do do you want to be like a dj do you want to like start a clothing line like what do you want to like spin this off into yeah and that can then strategize the whole mm-hmm. trajectory for I them mean, there's just there's like like even when i was in the in the early moments of it people were like you should make a t-shirt you should like make things and i was like I'm not going to make a t-shirt with like, cause it was like my last closing line in the documentary is like, well, fuck you guys to my yeah. old employer. And people were like, you should put that on a t-shirt. I would totally buy it. And I was like, I'm not like a t-shirt quote guy. Like, yeah. That's so weird. You're not looking for like a cash grab, like right I mean, at the, maybe in that moment. Made money. And looking back, there were like other people who made fire festival shirts, like mm-hmm. bootlegs. And I know one guy who made like 50 K. Well, but I just looked at it as like that's just dirty and it's like not me. But it's not your journey. It's not my journey and like, you know, the book kind of felt better than a t shirt. <laughs> but I just wasn't ready and I wasn't thinking like this is my new life. I was like, this is gonna die in like ten minutes. Like, can we just people like get back to work, like leave me alone? <laughs> 
So there's, yeah, there's some really interesting stuff out there that now I'm like fascinated with this whole, like, how does someone even go viral? Why are they going viral? Like, what do they do with it? And like the whole world of it is just so interesting. And like, and, and now I'm, I'm kind of also thinking of like, every time I see someone go viral, I'm just like, I want to like hit them up and like talk to them and just be like, how's it going? How's your viral (laughs) moment? Like, tell me about it. And just... A viral meetup is what I mean. That's what happen. me and Caroline did. We basically were like, "Tell me about your week, your crazy week." Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, I just got a manager," and I'm like, "Oh, I just got a publicist," and I'm like, "What <laughs> is this? Like, I can't even believe I uttered that word." Um, again, being from LA, I feel like I should have one just naturally. Yeah, everyone's I, born with a publicist one, yeah. when you're born in LA. Yeah, you're you're given one. Um, I basically was um, – this this woman DM'd me, and I think she really was the one of the only people like perf- that wanted something from me but didn't – no. She didn't want something from me. She wanted to help me. Mm-hmm. Like, there were a lot of nice people that just wanted to like, talk to me. Yeah. But like I said, I, I was drowning, and she was a publicist, and she really was like open to working with me um, kind of pro bono. Like I wasn't making money like – I didn't even have much money. I was like, again, painting. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I told her, like, you know, that's the reality of it. And if you want to help, like, I'm sure you can learn a lot too. Like, her PR stuff was like fashion and like cannabis and like high end luxury stuff. So I was like, I'm sure you could learn a few things from one client who's like a viral like client. You know, like that's different for PR. I'm sure. And that was kind of our relationship for like three months. That was like her her agreed term with me that like she would do X, Y, Z. And, and now we're like really good friends, you know, like I don't work with her now, but she's by coastal now. She's doing really well. And so I'll like see her when she's in town. And, and so it's a funny like scenario too, where like I had that and like I had a publicist for a hot second. <laughs> it's just so weird, but, um, very Hollywood. I know it's funny, like growing up here and like, I always ignored Hollywood. Like I, There'd, like I'd be at Costco and people would like come up to my mom and be like, your kid should be in a commercial. And I remember like that was like a thing. I don't know if they still do that. But like as a kid, like I went to like a casting call once mm-hmm. and like I had like a touch with Hollywood, but just always was like didn't care. I didn't yeah. care growing up like around it. Like it just was there. And I was like, OK, great. Why do people move here for that? That's so weird, especially now that I came back as like a as a 29 year old and I'm meeting people who moved here because when I left here 10 years ago, it was like people were still just locals yeah, or at least my like circle was, you know? And now I'm like meeting all these people that move here to be in Hollywood. And I'm like, such a weird, such a weird career path. But then I get it. I'm like, all right, good for you. Like do you and, um, you know, get a, get a publicist. (laughs) It's, it's funny that it found you eventually in its own way. Yeah, I definitely like was not planning it. I mean, now it's also funny because like I've had I've had other um, chances of being more like behind the camera. Like I've had um, I've had the casting director or casting producer. I don't know what their title is for um, Love Island. Mm-hmm. Like really push me to like apply or like whatever interview for it oh my god and i don't even know what to say i'm like i'm like very flattered obviously but i'm just like (laughs) 
you're like, I don't, I don't think know. that's my next move. Yeah. But there's just, yeah, there's something really funny. I mean, even when I was in Tel Aviv, the same month it happened, like the docs came out, a friend of mine who knew that I was like from the U.S., had like a producer friend or something locally and that and connected me or connected that guy to me um, because that guy was looking for Americans who moved abroad and like left their families to shoot this like commercial where they like surprise you with like they bring your whole family and whatever and then it like didn't work out and I was like did you call me like because of the fire thing and then like he didn't he didn't, but then he like realized who I was and he was like, Oh my God, I've got something even better for you actually. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, Oh no. What? And so he starts telling me, he's like, okay, do you, do you want to like come in tomorrow and start interviewing for this documentary or this, um, this, uh, reality show that I'm working on that it's very big in Israel, but it's like the trashiest. It's like you basically, like these like this like team of like quote unquote experts and like psychologists whatever like learn about you and then they like figure you out while they're doing the same to like some woman and then they like match you to like the perfect like you know uh, like match match and then you have to like get married the moment you like meet each other oh my god <laughs> isn't that it's married at first sight or something I mean, yeah or it's like basically a, like yeah, the an american version but israeli that one, version of but that. that was just like think of that show already being trash and then like think of like an international show that has like a much lower budget oh my god yes that sounds like something i would really want to watch i was like but definitely not something that you should do. I'm so I was and it's funny cuz like out there it's such a small country that the people that are really famous um are reality show people mm-hmm. cuz there's not much like there's there's no like real Hollywood or whatever. Yeah. But. Well, it's also a way like I mean it is a foot in the door for a lot of people having a sure. career in reality TV sure. and then being able to like parlay that into I this know. and that. But that is like it's a hard one. So intent, like that. You have to like Kim Kardashian yourself real hard. After. I know, and I just am like, who has the energy to do I that? I don't have the energy, and and again, I keep going back to Carolyn Calloway. She has that energy. Oh, she has the energy, and I watch her every day put that energy in, and I'm like, I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired. And people like will in the beginning were like DMing me and were like, you need to be more like in the, you need to like po- post most stories where you're like talking to the camera and being like, like an influencer, you know? And I'm like, that's not me. Like, I don't just, I'm not like, Hey guys, like this, I'm like here. Like, at, oh my God. I'm I just like, like got the craziest coffee. ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Like, look, look at this like <laughs> thing. And so I'm trying to, um, I have, you know, my, my energy days. So yeah. I'm trying to like balance that. But reality, I don't know. I don't know if reality shows are like my next move. I don't think so. Maybe if it was the right show. Beat stay open. I'm open. I'm definitely open. But also like, stay true to yourself. It's cool to yeah. know like what your limitations are. I but think that's such time, a key that's like helped you get even over this like yeah chaotic time period but there is like a little intrigue where i'm like all the things till now have been like not planned and not what i thought i would do with my life so like why wouldn't i do a reality show yeah you know they're like it's like there's like something in my head that's like it could just be fun and funny like worst case but then i'm like 
You can always go down the line with something until if it feels wrong, and then you're like, I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for being my guest. Of course. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Actually. This was great. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I had, I knew that we shared some like parallel experience in our lives, but now yeah, this sure. like boarding, boarding school, school thing is like fucking to, blowing we're my We're about mind. to get off this, this mic and start talking about the real story. Here. I know. Or we can like <laughs> chat about it. We're going to do a bonus episode. Uh, so if you are a patron, you get to get that at patreon.com slash babe podcast. Or in tell all the readers where they can find you. I think the easiest one is Fire Festival on Instagram, <laughs> and then my my username's in the bio on there. My my Instagram is Orin Juice O R E N J O U S. And you've rebooted the Firefest Instagram, yeah, as so of like forty an hour ago. Like an hour ago, I decided me and my assistant Emily, she and I worked to put together. Um, just nine tiles on the Instagram. I, I archived the original Fire Festival page and I turned the page into an awareness page for what's going on in, in Australia for uh, with the fires. And so what I wanted to do on the feed was each tile just is like a snippet of something that's happening, whether it's the people, the environment, or just, um, you know, the animals. And then in the story, I wanted to do um, really easy ways to donate or give back. So there, there's there are only swipe up um, story posts where each one is a different organization you can donate to. Amazing, and that's just Fire Festival. Is that the Instagram that's handle? The Instagram. The original one is now an Australia Fire account to like raise awareness. So. Hey, and the only good news about that is that there's so many fires thanks to climate change uh, that you can just keep, keep this Instagram yeah, going, actually, maybe forever. <laughs> maybe yeah, it's a climate change profile now. Yeah, I, mean, it I just of love is the a climate concept. change awareness. I love the concept of just changing it to good yeah that's a power move that's a power move oh well thank you so much again thank you and uh, until next time bye bye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.